Okay, well, uh, my name is Joe Dent, and I'm the Chief People Officer here at Prince's. Um, and I've been with Prince's now for just over 16 years. Um, I've been in the Chief People Officer role for just over one year. Uh, prior to that, I was Group HR Director for approximately 10 years. And then prior to that, I was HR Director for Manufacturing. So 16 years with Prince's. Can you talk us through your mental health journey at Prince's and how the company has played a part in that and helped you? Um, I, as I said, I joined Prince's about 16 years ago, um, but my mental health personal journey started probably about 18, yeah, 18, 19 years ago. When I first experienced it in, 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 uh, when I was working for my previous employer, the, uh, the uh, Trinity Mirror Group, um, first experienced my first panic attack um, at the time didn't know what that was or what was going on it was a very scary moment um, but um, nevertheless it was a particularly stressful time in my life a few things had happened um, and um, and now looking back I probably understand now more about it and understand why at that point um, I was maybe a bit more predisposed to that um, um, and then moved to Prince's a couple of years after that. Uh, and it was probably a couple of years into my time at Prince's that I then experienced something similar. And yeah, it happened again. I wasn't quite sure what was going on. Um, again, very scary. Um, felt a little bit out of control. And um, that was a trigger point for me to really start looking um, at what was going on and, and also get some help. Um, and the company supported me at that time um, to get some help and some support, firstly, to understand what it was that was happening and why it was happening, because that was the the main question I had was what is going on? Um, and it seemed to be a specific um, trigger point for me in the business. And that was when I was um, speaking in front of people and um, standing up publicly, and which was ironic for me, because up until that point, I'd done quite a bit of public speaking it was um it, it was a right it was it was surprising to me um that that was happening um and i'd always been told that i was a good communicator and i was confident standing in front of people and presenting so it was a real shock and a real and, and knocked knocked me sideways really if, if i'm being brutally honest about it and and at the time while that was happening and while i was coming to terms with it you know i, I did it was a very difficult, traumatic time. Did get into some pretty dark places. Um, did the usual things of, you know, catastrophizing that um, I'm not going to be able to do my job. And if I can't do my job, I'm not going to be able to uh, support my family, etc., uh, etc. Et and yeah, got 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 into a very difficult place, and it, and it really did start to affect my mental health to the point where as i said um enough was enough and i had to go and do something about it and, and, and get some help so the, the culture of the business at the time probably wasn't conducive to uh to me being open um, and transparent and honest about that but luckily i had a supportive uh, boss at the time um who i could confide in um and, and he allowed me to get the support that i needed and um, and I went to uh, um, the Priory in Manchester and um, and was later diagnosed with a form of social anxiety. And it was something that um, 
the, the the chap that I saw there said he was seeing an awful lot more in in men, um, men of a certain age, um, and that um, it was really becoming quite common. And it is interesting because yesterday, as part of Mental Health Awareness Week, we hosted um, an online um, chat with with a number of colleagues with uh, an organisation called Andy's Man Club. They they told us that the um, that they shared with with us on the call some statistics that um, that that male suicide was was the was the biggest cause of, of death in in men under fifty, and that on average. Um, one man in the UK commits suicide every two hours. So, you know, it, it really was something that, um, that that now when I look back on, um, I'm really glad that I did get the help when I did. Um, but as I say, that the culture of our business at the time probably wasn't where it is now. And so it wasn't something that I felt particularly confident or willing to openly share. And then since then, it's been a constant journey, a constant battle, um, you know, experiencing different coping techniques and strategies. So um, cognitive behavioural therapy, I've had therapy, I've tried hypnotism, um, various things. And they've helped to, to, to degrees. But probably the, the best thing that happened to me was that um, fairly recently, I'm going to say in the last five, six years, um, there were some significant changes within our business. Uh, changes in in leadership um, and and an opening up of a culture um, of princes that felt like it was um, okay to talk uh, and it was okay to share. And so one of the significant things that I did um, was that um, part of my anxiety was about speaking in front of people. So I stood up in front of a, a, a board. Uh, in a board meeting full of all my peer directors uh, and the main board at Prince's, and I wasn't on the main board at the time, I, I told them all about my experience. I told them all about what I was actually going through right there and then. Um, and and I did that for two reasons. One, because um, selfishly it was to help my own anxiety, because my anxiety was about speaking in front of people and um, and the judgment and the, uh, the, the thoughts that I would, the crazy thoughts that I would have that if I had a... Um, a lapse or a panic attack or, or a moment that, that people would, would judge me in some way. And so by making that open and known, you're, um, you're almost um, the, the dirty secret of, of your anxiety is now open and known. So and that was some advice that was given to me by, by a, a therapist that I've seen at the time. And it was really powerful for me. The second reason was because, you know, as an organisation, um, mental health at that time was starting to, you know, really gather pace and traction. And it was becoming a, a real issue um, that as a business we needed to face into. Um, and that I'm sure, you know, the st statistics at the time were one in three people were suffering with some sort of mental health issue uh, that on a balance of probabilities, um, maybe the 20 people that were in that room at the time, there would be others that were suffering. And um, and I wanted to um, open the topic up within our organisation to, to help them too. And yet they were very, very shocked um, to hear that I was suffering that way. So um, that was a really uh, monumental moment for me in Prince's. And I think also opened up the, the conversation 
um, in the business and set the foundations in place for what, what we're now doing um, in Princes. And that is to, um, as part of our, our wider people excellence strategy um, that we launched three or four years ago, uh, we have a, a very um, specific pillar of the people excellence strategy, which is all about our health and well-being. Um, and we're now putting in place the types of things um, that we feel um, are necessary to help our colleagues, to support our colleagues, and to create the culture that that makes it okay for people. You know, it's okay to not be okay was one of our um, lines at one point. And we're putting in place now the infrastructure and support that colleagues need um, to bring their best selves to work, but also not to come to work and, uh, and fear judgment. And that, you know, we, Prince is, is, is inclusive, um, we, we're trying to create an inclusive culture where everybody feels welcome and supported. Everybody's got a vital role to play. Princes has shown that that they um, are taking these sort of issues seriously. And, you know, you've talked about how this would be a sort of, you know, change in um, leadership and how that's the, you know, that, that new change is reflected, how they um, uh, see mental health issues. Um, can you comment on the wider industry in general? Do you think that uh, maintaining uh, the mental health of employees is a area that is being done enough in? Or um, are there still areas that other uh, you know, food and drink firms could look to Prince's as an example? You know, do you think in general there's enough being done at the moment? Um hard for me to speak about what what other businesses do and what the, what their views are certainly in princes it, it is it's a key issue for us my general perception is that is that this is an issue that everybody is facing in some way shape or form and it isn't something that um that any organizations regardless of food manufacture you know whatever sector they're in you know this is a, an issue that as a society um we need to uh, embrace um, and we need to um, work on and work together on to uh, for the benefit of everybody, because, you know, um, as as I've just articulated, you know, this mental health issues don't don't discriminate against who they um, who, who receives them and who, who suffers from them. Um, you know, it can be anybody in all walks of life. Um, so, you know, um, it could happen to any one of us at any time. Um, so I think generally. What I sense and what I see in, in, in the wider, um, in, in our sector, is organisations embracing it, organisations um, trying to move the dial in terms of making mental health uh, something that is, is, is open, is safe, is talked about, um, and, and putting the support in place um, for, for their colleagues. I absolutely don't doubt that there is far more that we could all do, that there is um, that there is um, limits on what people can do, um, you know, um, to support colleagues um, and to, to, to put it in their agendas. But, but generally speaking, I feel reasonably positive and reasonably buoyed by what I see and what I hear about what other organisations are doing. Now, whether or not they could learn from princes, um, I think the one thing that I think that, that, that maybe organisations could learn from Prince's is that just how, just 
the type of journey that we've been on culturally and, and I talked about our our historical culture you know this was a very uh, traditional conservative culture command and control culture within princes it really wasn't the kind of place up until fairly recently that that you would ever ex expect to see some of the things that that we've been doing in the last um two or three years at least anyway um so you know i, I think that we can demonstrate that 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 if there's a will there's a way and um and, and sometimes um although you may be starting from further behind than, than other organizations um, that shouldn't deter people from from setting out on the path. I, I wouldn't say particularly we're, we're leading the way on it, but um, but we're certainly really committed and um, and ploughing ahead with those things. That um, you know, if if people who are debating whether or not to uh, to invest in that type of support or that type of network, um, if we can help them or, or demonstrate that it's been worthwhile, then then that would be fantastic. Um, so say I am a business and um, I wanted to do better in helping the mental health of my employees. Um, is there any pointers, any advice you can give, or is there any resources that they could look to to start, start going on that journey? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it starts with you know having a clear um, having a clear vision of of the type of support and the type well, the type of culture and the type of business that you want to be um, and then putting the right support in place um, having um, having investing in employee assistance programs because again as I said some of these issues and some of these um, these conversations that, that we may um, that by entering into this arena will result in you know, people need to be professionally trained, qualified, um, and, and we don't want people to, to give bad advice or bad guidance. So I think having that professional network is, is, is absolutely vital. I think the other thing is, is to put, have in place in the business, you know, the right kind of communication, awareness um, for colleagues to help them understand the types of issues that, that they may be experiencing all that they their colleagues and their family members might be experiencing and putting in place that support and that guidance and to, to, so they, they they can access that um, and they can make those decisions for themselves because ultimately we as an organization we can't we can't force people to do to, to, to take help to get help what we can do though is is direct them is guide them and make it really easy and simple um, and non-judgmental um, for them to to access the right sort of help and guidance. Um, I think I think the other key key element is 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 as an organisation that you really mean it, and that it, it does definitely come from 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 the top of the business. That it's something that the business is passionate about and wants to support. Because again. Um, they're easy things to say that yes, we're going to support, but but the proof usually comes uh, when when some you know a colleague or colleagues want support, they want help. Inevitably, there's a cost attached to these things, whether that's a time aspect or a financial aspect, and the business has got to really mean it because colleagues will see, and I hope what colleagues of princes will tell you is that over the last couple of years, they've really seen um, a sustained change 
in the way we are as an organisation, that it isn't lip service, that we do really mean it, um, and that um, that we're putting in place the culture um, that's really embedded um, within our organisation that, that is supportive of people. So, you know, there's a few things there ranging from, you know, leadership, having the right culture, having the right support, but, but I think it starts with, with, with really having that positive intent to want to make a difference and to want to support your colleagues, because um, unless that is really um, ingrained in the business and you're really passionate about it, then at the first hurdle or the first difficulty or the first problem, um, organisations may well um, decide not to do it or not to see their commitments through. Um, and that's the worst. Um, I think that would be the worst outcome.